You are listening to the Call to Action Podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 46 of the Call to Action Podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and today we are having a fireside chat with Tim Radel, who is the author of two books and also Bambi Summers, who will actually be kind of like my co-host for today. And Bambi is a published author and also an editor. Now, before I bring our guests onto the show today, I have a positive mindset affirmation that I'd like to share with you all. So here is the positive mindset affirmation for episode 46 of the Call to Action podcast. I have faith in myself, and I know that the path that I chose will take me towards my destination. Now, those are available on planmindfully.com, where you can actually purchase your very own set of printable positive mindset affirmation cards. If you missed episode 45 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. My guest for that episode is Don M. Rivers, who is the founder and owner of Daybreak Yoga Studio in Bedford, Ohio, where she and her team hold daily classes, yoga teacher training, workshops, and events. She hosts yoga retreats in Ohio and in beautiful Puerto Rico. Now on that show, she shares the benefits of yoga, as well as some techniques that you can do to integrate yoga into your daily life. Take a listen to this clip from episode 45 of the Call to Action podcast. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That just goes to show the power, like when you set yes. your mind to something that you can achieve it. I love hearing stories like that. To me, those that's inspiration right there. That so, is inspiration. This is the thing that people don't understand because I didn't say this part. After I graduated... Again, you can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz. When you're there, click on podcast on the main menu to access that episode as well as past episodes. As mentioned in the intro, I have Tim Radel and Bambi Summers. Tim Radel was born in 1976 in Cleveland, Ohio. He grew up in the city of Hudson, Ohio, southeast of Cleveland. He attended the Ohio State University studying music. Yes, this Ohio kid is indeed both a Buckeye for life and a fervent Browns and Indians fan. He lives with his mini Brady Bunch family in a fairly constant state of chaos in Willoughby, Ohio. Timothy published two books, The Life of Olaf Wanelia in 2018 and Careening Humanity into Oblivion, Prelude to Debauchery in 2022. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Tim and Bambi to the show. So guys, welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm great, Shante. Thank you. I am good. I'm excited. I'm excited because we're doing something new today. <laughs> so this is going to be really fun. <laughs> we had fun last time. So yeah. one thing I will do, we we 
did, baby. You were so much fun. I feel like I'm always talking to a friend when I have you with I me anyway. Same, so this is yeah, going to be a blast. I feel I the same way it. about you. And Tim is my friend. So my in real life friend. So it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> It will be. It will be. Now, Bambi, I know you've already done the icebreaker. So what we're going to do is we're going to break in Tim with our icebreaker. So Tim, the icebreaker I have for you is if you could visit any fictional time or place, which one would you pick? Oh, I'm going to do some shameless self-promotion here. And you're going to love this, Shantae. Okay. So in my new book, one of the places I write about is a planet called Pi. PAI. And I can certainly dig into this some more, but the way that that the image of Pi came to me was this world that was just pure. Um, places where uh, a place where its inhabitants lived for hundreds of years because there was nothing to inhibit their health. Um, wow. Something, you know, a place like that that that's just breathtaking, where the, the air itself fulfills you and um, and honestly, just it, its beauty sustains you uh, is something that I think would be pretty special to experience. You know what, Tim? I think uh, I'd be with you on that one. That actually sounds like a beautiful place. <laughs> and I'm sure very peaceful, I, I would assume. Can, can I assume that? <laughs> you, you absolutely can assume that, yes. Okay, okay, good, good. Now, I want you to go deeper into that. And you know, having read Tim's book, I... I'd like to yeah. be there too. Doesn't that sound nice, Bambi? It's like to just live long and healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes. And you know, if you read if you read his book, that is the perfect planet. Yep. Wow. So give us details. So Tim, you you wrote this book about this perfect place called their planet, right? Called Pi. Yep. Um, give us more detail about the setting of Pi. So uh Pi itself is is one of uh, what one, two, three, four different planets that I write about. Um, Pi is is essentially just a giant natural world with not a lot of inhabitants. Um, lots of valleys, lots of lots of mountains. Um, lives in it lives. It's in a binary star system, so there's two suns in the sky, mm. and um, it is it's the setting of of some pretty tremendous growth for for my main character. Wow. Okay. So not to give away too much about your book, but just give us a little bit about your main character. Sure. Okay. So uh, the the main character in my new book is is actually the grandson of the character in my first book, The Life of Olaf Onelia. Uh, his name is Paul Glasperay. And um, in, in my first book, um, Paul's introduced as Olaf's grandson. And, and really in that introduction, you only learn that he's special. You, you only learn that um, perhaps there's more to this child than, than just being a human child. And um, I, as I wrote that, I, I decided that perhaps there was a story there that, that could be experienced sooner than later. Uh, so I'm always in a state of writing. Um, right now I've, I've actually got four different books that are in process. I've got a blog that in, is in desperate need of attention. And I basically stopped all of my other projects to start writing this book. Uh, I kind of took over and, um, I'm kind of happy it did because, uh, Paul is a special character. I love writing his, his wit. Um, 
and I, I truly cannot wait to see where the story ends up. Awesome. Okay, so Paul was introduced in the life of Olaf Wanelia, and then you fully wrote him into the next story in the careening humanity into oblivion. Is that what you did? That is what I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Bambi, do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, no, because I don't want to give away too much either. But, uh, but it's really... Tim has a really interesting imagination, <laughs> you know, like a, a pretty creative mind, that's for sure. And I noticed we all, you know, we all believe, well, most of us, I think, believe parallel universes and stuff, but Tim puts his whole new spin on it and it's just really creative and imaginative. Interesting. Okay, so that leads me to my next question. So Tim, Bambi says you have this really vivid imagination. And you're right, Bambi, we all, I I would say, you know, I agree that we do, you know, agree to there that there could be, you know, parallel worlds and universes out there. Um, So, yeah, definitely. So, Tim, as far as like your influence or inspiration, what, what, what influences you? Um, Is this something that you've already were into before? Or was it something that you read or saw in a movie or like, you know what, I can write about like this or use this style of writing? Like, what got you there? Well, that's a really interesting question, Shante. Um, You know, for for Paul, um, it was kind of an extension of what I wrote with Olaf. Um, my, My first book, in its own way, kind of explored uh, an angle of what could be. And, you know, I, I kind of took the spirit of that and I, I extended it with Paul's character in a way that I, um, I will be very honest with you. I just, I let it flow. Um, there's entire sections of that book that, that I, well, I, there's a couple places in particular that I could feel. Um, and I could feel for weeks before the words were, were on the page. Um, there were, there are parts of that book that, um, I I think come from a very deep subconscious place. Um, Mm. but I will tell you that in everything that I write, it doesn't matter what, what it is. If I can't feel it, if I can't, if I can't feel the story, like truly and completely feel the story. Um, and I can't, as I read it back as a reader, I can't feel the story. It, it doesn't, the words don't get written. So, I mean, the, my, my process is one of feeling, um, where the feeling comes from. Um, it, it is, it's a deep subconscious, deep connective thing. And I, um, I love it. Um, I, I, I love being able <laughs> to, to just dig into a place and just explore. That sounds really interesting. I'm actually sensing a connection with your study of music, with you saying you feel, and then with the way that you're writing. Like I, I'm sensing a connection there. That's that's very interesting. So let me ask you this: like as a kid, I want to go back. <laughs> so as a kid, were you like one of those, like creating worlds, you know, with your you know GI Joe figures or toys and things like that? And then like, could you like see? 
you know, when you were playing, if, if you played with action figures, I'm assuming you did, um, but let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but were you that kind where you could like create a whole world, and, like have a whole scene and pretty much create a movie with your action figures? Kind of like what we did with dolls. Probably Bambi, you probably did that too. But um, did you do that too? Oh, like absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Transformers, absolutely. I had, a, I had a whole set of Transformers <laughs> as a kid and um, yep, um, there were entire battles and um, there was destruction and it was a uh, it was a thing. <laughs> That's cool. I think like imagination is so powerful, especially as a writer. Like you guys, you both like your authors, and you you write stories, and to be able to take that out of your thought in the in that realm and bring it into words, but still make it so that people, when they're reading it, can actually feel what you're reading. I, I think to me, that makes a really good book. I've, I've talked to other authors too that have written books and they say that people would write them and say like they were literally crying when they read their book or they just felt so much emotion. But yeah, if you can pull a reader in, I think that's really good. And it sounds like you got that down. I think that, uh... He does. He does. And, and I have to I have to say that a friend of ours, we're in a writer's group together. That's how Tim and I know each other. Mm-hmm. And um we have Ken Biltz is, is with us and Ken always tells everybody that Tim is his favorite author, no matter, you know, across the board. And he said that he cried in his book, like, like literally cried. Wow. So Tim makes men cry. Oh, Tim. <laughs> That's powerful. <laughs> oh my. No, you know, it's, as a writer, that's a wonderful thing. Yes, I don't, I don't think I've heard that one before. Wow, it's a profound, it's a profound so compliment, <laughs> and I, I love Ken like like a brother. Um, but that is, it's still, it's up there in, in terms of of the things that have touched me uh, in 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 a very very. Um, I don't even know what to say, Ken. If you if you hear this, I just I'm so so very grateful that I know you that that you were in my life and that I can call you a friend. Oh. That's so sweet. Wow. Yep. And it's true. It's true. The three of us try to get together once a month and, um, you know, we've written together, but mostly at this point, it's just, just to get together, just to be with each other and talk. That's important. Like surrounding yourself with people who get what you do and you guys are doing it. Yes. That's good. That's really good. Yes. Wow, Tim. That's that's awesome. Bambi, you, you guys, I'm inspired. I mean, wow, to cry and read a book? I don't think I've ever done that before. <laughs> As an editor, I sometimes tell my clients, I hate that you did that because, you know, I would be crying or whatever. So, so yes, I cry when I edit. And, um, and I've made myself cry when I've written. And I've made myself laugh. And Tim's book is not only, yes, you do need tissues in certain places, but it's also got a great sense of humor, which is my favorite. A sense of humor is my favorite thing. Wow. So you got both ends. You got the the tears and you have the laughter and yeah. wow, Tim. So how long does it take you to write these books? I mean, you got like, you said you have four in the works right now? Yeah. Um, you know, it, I also have a full-time job. So uh, writing is, is usually a, a night's, weekends, sometimes early mornings activity. Um, and that, that limits my speed if I'm being completely and totally honest, mm-hmm. um, for I mean, there for a while, my, my average was, 
somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 words a day. Um, I, I think at my top, the top was like 12,000 words a day. And um, wow, I usually, yeah, so I, I want to say Olaf came clocks in. I'm going to butcher this number. I, I, I think it's like around 230,000 words. And Paul's book comes in like around 155,000 words. And I, I, I believe Paul's book, it was from start to finish pre-edits. I think it was about four months. Wow. So you have a full-time job, got a family, and you're writing all these books and making people cry. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I'm also making people think, you know, I, mm -hmm. the, the thing that the, the emotional parts, the, the shocking parts, the, the funny parts, um, are, are all augmented, I hope by this, this human willingness to just consider, you know, I, I mm -hmm. think that we've, we've been so in a, in a sense of division or a sense of stress with COVID or a stress a sense of, of something not positive. And if there's, there's even just that little glimmer of, of being able to pour yourself into somebody else's words and just feel and think. Uh, it, it's the perfect antidote for the human inside all of us that just need something different than reality. I agree. I agree. I think that's what people read too and probably watch movies, but sometimes you want to escape from the madness and you want to go into a place where you can, you know, snuggle up, read a good book, or in some cases, like listen, if you do Audible, listen to a good book um, or watch a good movie, but just to step away from the madness, you know, get get some popcorn or ice cream or whatever, you know, to float your boat and just go off somewhere else in another, in another world and live in that person's world, you know, for, for that moment or for those moments while, you, while you're doing that. You know, I agree. And Tim, you said something that was perfect for your book. It's... um. It gives you something to consider. And I like that kind of book. If it makes me think of something that I hadn't thought about before, then that's one of my favorite things. I like that. And yours does that. Oh, thank you, Bambi. You're welcome. So now, guys, you got to... Okay, I just want a nugget. <laughs> Give me an example of something that you're referring to. Like what... Like something maybe about the planet pie that could kind of reveal just some of the, you know, the landscape. What's it like? Um, I know you said that, you know, people are healthy and, or the beings, not probably not people, right? These are beings that live there. Do well, you use humans? So secret sauce. I, um, I'm fascinated by the fact that, you know, just our, our satellites, our, our, not our satellites, maybe some satellites and telescopes have found hundreds, hundreds of planets surrounding stars in the Goldilocks or the habitable zone. Um, it's maybe thousands at this point mm -hmm. to think that. And I mean, if we, even if we go back to, to some of the movie series, like um, there was one of the star Wars films that um, I forget which character was involved, but they, they flew to this planet and just rain, it rained constantly. And, and the planet just was in a constant, state of precipitation it never there was nothing else it was just rain um i thought you know what if what if really there's there's these worlds out there and and no one can necessarily tell me i'm wrong 
But what if there are these planets out there where there hasn't been this this um, race of beings that that polluted the heck out of it and and did everything they could to destroy it or mine every ounce of of what was natural out of its core? Mm-hmm. Um, what would that be like? You know, what what honestly would Earth be like if if the industrial revolution had never happened? You know, it, and it, mm-hmm. not to say that not to say that it's it's a bad thing because I think you can make a an argument to on both sides of this equation. But you know, if you just consider what would our planet really be without asphalt, what would our planet be without without concrete and 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 planes in the sky and cars on the road that in in their own way are just giving us cancer. Yeah, you know, pollution. It, yeah, it it's an interesting thing to think about. And so Pi is um, in no way, shape, or form related to the the um, the constant. This is not a reference to three point one four and all the other characters that follow it. Um, and I I couldn't tell you why I name the planets the way I what I do. I it, it, it's sort of a point in time feeling, I guess. Um, no, Pi is um, the the character that that you meet there is two hundred and thirty years old, and and he's He's spry. Um, he's he's able to function, um, and he's he's just he's out there and he's he likes his time in the sun, and um, it's a I guess a referendum on peace. It's a referendum on on what what might be out there, um, and it's also a referendum on on what maybe our our notion of reality needs to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And just kind of to go back when you were talking about like if things were different on this planet and if people, I guess, were more aware and more cautious of how they use resources as opposed to just stripping them um, and not being mindful of replacing or only taking what you need, you know, so or doing things a certain way so it can grow back, you know, when you're talking about plants and trees and things like that. But yeah, I, I like that. I like what you've done. This sounds very interesting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It also goes along with, you know, we do things on autopilot all the time. You know, we eat on autopilot, we sleep, we do all this stuff. Um, I don't even think a lot of us get out and really enjoy the sunshine or anything half the time anymore. It's more of a Oh, geez, I got to trudge myself to work, you know, mm-hmm. but when when Tim writes about these different worlds, it really makes you see that what you're doing, you could actually change and make our world better or worse. Mm, yeah, cool, cool. You'll like this, Shantae. You, you would like this book. <laughs> I'm definitely getting that vibe. I I like that kind of stuff. I like that out there. <laughs> kind of, you just, you know, something that gets you out of the norm. <laughs> yes, it, and it definitely does. It's not the normal kind of, of book, you know. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what else Tim will write because, okay, I, I you know, I edited his last book. Um, I didn't know him in order to edit his first book. And I have it on my TBR list, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet, mm-hmm. the first one. But we wrote, there were four of us in our white writing group, and we wrote a book 
together, like it, four different stories, but, um, you know, and so it's interesting to see, they were short stories and it's interesting to see what everybody wrote, because I think that a lot of us in that wrote out of our norm. And it's interesting to see how everybody's brains work out of that. Because, uh, for instance, it's easy for me to say, you know, I write romance thrillers. And this was, I did not write a romance story for this book. What did you write, Bambi? And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, it, was, it was kind of a, I don't know, a thriller kind of thing, I guess. Okay, okay. Yeah. No romance, no abs? But, you know, but they're... <laughs> No, no apps. God, I'm known for that. <laughs> That's terrible. I have to stop that. <laughs> but we also, the three of us in the group are writing a book together now. And um, we drew numbers. And I wrote the first part. And Tim is working on the second part. And when he's done, it will go to Ken. And Ken will end it up. And so it's interesting to see what we do with the characters. So it's all going to be like based on like one story together. Like the three of you are going to just write oh, no. one story. It's one story, but I wrote my part and then Tim will take it with his imagination from there. And then Ken will kill everybody else, everybody off, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> I, tease <him. laughs> I tease him about that because he kills a lot of people off in his books oh. and they're really good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I can't wait to see what happens with that, you know, so yeah, that's just, cool. you know, the development with the three of our minds and we haven't, we don't sit down and discuss that book. We don't say, well, I'm doing this with it. I have no idea what Tim's doing with my character that I made up. Oh, so Tim. So should be lots of fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so he probably won't tell us either. He's sneaky like that. Oh, I was going to try to get something out of him, but I don't know. Go ahead, Chad. So, Tim, you have something to add about like what you're doing with the with Bambi's work? Oh, or just you know, we're having some fun. (laughs) I guess you're right, Bambi. That's all I'm going to (laughs) get. Yeah, he he does not give up secrets. That's for sure. (laughs) That is so cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now let's... It's really nice. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? I said it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Tim. Now, being a writer, how long have you been writing? Um, well, I mean, books, it took it took a whole lot of guts for me to to release uh, my, my first book. And I mean, to be honest with you, I've been writing consistently... Uh, in notebooks since right around, well, I, I wrote when I was in elementary school. I wrote when I was in high school. I wrote a little bit during college. I wrote a ton right after college. Um, and I mean, really the formal, I'm doing our quotes, <laughs> formal stuff started um, within the past five years. Okay. Okay. So now I was going to ask you a different question, but I'm going to come back to that question because you had me think of something else when you made a statement about you being kind of shy to release, release your book. So what, what would, do you think, um, or why were you shy about that? Was it fear of judgment or was it just, just nervousness? Like, why were you afraid to release that first book? You know, I, I think that it was, it was, probably a little bit of, of fear of judgment, but at the same time, you know, if go back to what I just said with, with all this writing I've done, it's always been 
it's been selfish. It's been, you know, it kind of off the cuff, you know, not, not diary entries by any means, but a lot of the more abstract uh, work that I've written is so, it's so personal that I don't know that I ever really would release it. Mm, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely understandable. I get it. Some things you're just writing just to get it out, but it's not something you want to share with other people. Right. And I mean, some of it I think is pretty darn good. <laughs> I still don't think that I would, I would throw that out into the world because it's, it's, I don't know how to, how to explain it otherwise, Shantae, and I apologize for that. It, it's literally just this part of me um, that I think that there, there are some, some parts of my creativity that I need to hold on to. And they're the, to be honest with you, that, that first book was born out of something exceptionally inappropriate that I will not talk about. Uh, so much so that I, the character of Olaf did not start off the way he did. Um, it was, it was more a farce and, and it was, it was more, it was horrifically filthy. Um, and I, I stopped after maybe about two chapters and I thought, hmm, if I ever really do release this and my daughters read it, how is that going to look? And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't live with the fact that something that would be so potently offensive because it was, it was potently, potently offensive, um, would, would find its way into the world. And so it, it's almost in one fell swoop. I, I used kind of this, this angle of creativity to be just expressive in a not terribly healthy way. I made this point in time decision to just clean up my act and, and make a run at actually being an author. And I'm pretty proud of what it became. That's good. That's really I had good. no idea. That's interesting, Tim. You've never told me that story before. But I want to add something to what you just said, and it has nothing to do with things being inappropriate because I've never read anything that you've done that was inappropriate. But I think when I read an author's stuff, sometimes it gives me a little glimpse inside of them. But most of the time, I don't want to say it's just a story because, you know, it, it's so much more than that. But Tim's is even beyond that, because when I read Tim's, I was surprised. I was surprised at the depth that he thought, because, you know, Tim's fairly quiet in case you haven't noticed that. No, I can tell. You know, by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fairly quiet. And, and occasionally he'll say something that makes me want to fall on the floor because it's so funny or out of character for him, you know? Yeah. But, um, but he's uh, the 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 depth surprised me and showed me a little bit inside his mind that he was somebody that I wanted to get to know, somebody that I knew that I wanted to be friends with. So I can imagine him writing what he feels is his feelings into something and not wanting the world to see mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. He's a deep thinker. Yeah, I, I'm getting that. I'm actually recalling our first conversation when we were talking about the book. Um, we had our initial call and I sensed that uh, from Tim. So yeah. just you guys talking yeah. now and hearing him talk and the music tie in and just how he feels. Um, Tim, I can tell you're, yeah, a person of depth. <laughs> I can, I can see yes. that. Yeah, I sense that. I definitely sense that. Wow. So Tim, the question, uh -huh, go ahead. 
I'm sorry, Bambi, that was that was truly touching. Thank you for saying that. Oh, well, you know I think that way about you. At least I thought you did, because you know, um you just you just surprised me. I mean, you know, you're a little bit of a biker, you know, and uh the stories I read about those are not what you are. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean that in the nicest way that I that I possibly could. But, you know, you're just, uh, you have a depth to you that I don't think that a lot of people get to see. And I, Bambi, I'll be real honest with you. Um, that's intentional. That's really intentional. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that with you, that it is. And, you know, and I, I get that. I, I get that a lot because I used to be a lot more private than I am now. Um but I was also a bit much bigger bitch than I am now. It's true, you guys. I'm Maybe sorry. I will not have it. it I cannot. You will not ruin my image of you. I cannot see that. <laughs> you are one of the sweetest people. I, I really cannot see oh, that. I'm so serious. Well, you know, they say as you get older, you, you lose your filter of what you're going to say, uh-huh. you know? Um, I've actually become mellower and gotten more of a filter because when I was like 16 to probably 50, I never had a filter, didn't care, you know? So I think that, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I wasn't mean. I just didn't, you know, don't ask me what you think, because I'm going to tell you, and I might tell you even if you don't ask me kind of thing, you know? So (laughs) I know, I know. So I've actually got more of a filter and I've gotten to be a nicer person. And, and I now, um, I now feel that kindness is probably the best thing that you can be. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's definitely something I learned in my life. But Mm -hmm. But Tim is, um, I think kindness was something I saw in him right away, you know, so, and you can sense things sometimes in people that, that other people can't sense about them. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, I took to him right away. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All this love on the show today. I don't, I might just grab some tissue just right now. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) 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 I'm just feeling all these heartfelt compliments and... (laughs) Everyone's opening up. <laughs> Tim, are you still there? Or did you hang up on us? I, I left, Bambi. I left. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, wow. I knew it was going to be a good one, guys. Oh. I knew it. We're just going to flow with it. It's all good. It is all good. <laughs> so the question oh. that I was going to ask. Well, I you, always said that if Shantae and I lived closer together, we would be partners in crime. We'd get in trouble together. Don't you think, Shantae? Oh, you know it. You know it. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, <laughs> I could see you. You'd be my bestie too. <laughs> yep. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, so, oh. so Tim, I was going to ask you this question um, before about like any advice that you would have for writers, like maybe someone who may have written a book and is afraid to release it um, or anything else that you can provide? Like what, what advice would you give? I think for anybody who, who's reluctant to release work, uh, find a beta reader, find someone that you trust to, to read your work and give you honest feedback. Um, because I, I can tell you with, with my first book, um, I had a heck of a time with editors and Bambi, I really wish you would have, um, you would have been 
available back then. We would have known each other back then because it would have made life very, very easy. Um, Thank you. I started with a, a person I worked with who um, who started as my first editor. Um, she then left the project because she left the the company I was working for and we lost touch. I then found um, another editor online who actually did an unbelievably good job. Um, and she served as really kind of my, my feedback for what was working, what wasn't working. And, and she became a, a fairly trusted advisor by the end of, of that, um, that project. And I think that for anyone who's struggling, you have to find somebody who trust and, and let them read your stuff and let them tell you when it's time for that work to see the, the light of day. That's very good advice. It's funny you brought up a beta reader. I just learned what a beta reader was <laughs> because I had um, Tiffany C. Lewis, who's actually, she has a podcast called Beta Reader Bits. I think it's what it's called. Yeah, Beta Reader Bits. And um, I listened to her podcast she, and she talked about that. She talks about the different types of beta readers. And now knowing that, I think that's definitely important. Um that people do have a beta reader. You got to have somebody to to read your work and, and to not be afraid to share it with them so that you can get that honest feedback. Um, and then some advice she gave was really to not take things personal. <laughs> They'll kind of sit on the advice or feedback that you get from the beta readers. So that's very good advice, Tim. Bambi, did you have any that you wanted to share about, um, you know, anything for upcoming writers? Um, I completely agree that beta readers are important. You know what, though? I've written nine books, and I never had a beta reader until my last one. And I had, I think, four beta readers at that point. Um, I don't think that I would ever release a book without them now. But I think the biggest point with a beta reader is you cannot get offended you're not allowed to be offended by what they say. It is one person's opinion. You know, writing a book is an art form and it's subjective, just like a piece of art that you would hang on your wall. So you you can't be offended. You have to take it with a grain of salt, use what you can, throw away the rest. That's very good advice. That's pretty much in line with what I got out of the uh, Beta Reader Bits podcast um, is that same thing, you know, take the information and don't take it personal. Um, I wish I would have no. known about a beta and reader. <laughs> I at least released an audio book yeah, last year, but it was, it's a short book. I don't know if a beta reader would have listened or, but I don't know. I could still, I think I could have used some help with that. Yeah, it, it really, well, like I said, I did my first eight without them, but you know, I definitely will not do any more without them. The other thing um, too is don't be afraid of an editor. Editors aren't out there to tear apart your work. They're out there to make your work better with your words. And you do not have to take their advice either. If you decide that there's something that you like and they want to take out, well then, you know, you have every right to say, no, I'm going to leave that in. And that editor should be okay with that. So don't be afraid to put your book out there. Just get some advice before you do and do it. That's very good. Very good. So I have a, another question for you guys um, about marketing your books. So Tim, do you do like paid ads? Do you just use social media? Do you do interviews like what you're doing with me? But what do you do to market your book? Well, honestly, Shante, this is the first podcast I've ever been on. So thank you for that. Oh, um, yay. Thank you. Uh, for the very first time, 
I I actually used some people on Instagram uh, to read and review my book, um, and I I honestly couldn't tell you whether it it's worked. Um, I honestly feel like I kind of got duped um, by a couple of these folks, and it's unfortunate because I I think us authors want so desperately to to just trust that the people that we find are are going to actually do the work that we ask them to do. <laughs> yeah, um, especially if you're paying them, definitely. It, well, I, <laughs> there's there's unfortunately a, a a whole lot of folks who are taking a whole lot of advantage of of people who honestly just want some assistance. Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain that I paid the same person using three different IDs four oh, times. No. Um, and shame oh. on me, completely shame on me for not asking questions, but that was what I tried. I think out of everyone that I paid on Instagram, I think maybe two of them actually did what they said they were going to do. Um, and so I, I sort of, huh, I've paused my, my marketing oh. efforts aside from this podcast. Um, because I'm just, I'm so, honestly, I'm worn out um, thinking about, you know, is this next person who I'm going to essentially pay to buy my book and then and then wait for, you know, two weeks for them to read my book and then write some cursory blurb about my book on their page or their story, never write the review that they're supposed to in whatever platform they're supposed to. Um, I know this sounds a little bit complainy and I, I'm I'm sorry, I've got a little bit of angst about this. No, it's a lesson learned. I, I like to hear stuff like this because it's helpful, you know, for other yeah. people as well. Yeah. Um, I so for any other authors out there who are who are considering this, seems like there's a a fairly large international conglomerate that all use the same PayPal ID, and I think if and they they appear as two different i two different people or three or four different people. Um, the one person used an avatar of, of a TV personality that I recognized. Um, she's one of the people on HGTV. And so that, that kind of, you know, clued me in that I'm, I'm not essentially dealing with, with a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, I have used Facebook ads. Um, in fact, uh, I think the, the lion's share of people who actually follow me on, on my author page actually found me based on those ads when I wrote my, for my first book. Okay, that's um, good. I've boosted posts. Um, so <laughs> I did I did my own little veiled attempt at at pre-release marketing. Um, and part of it was was to make fun of Ken uh, because I wasn't allowing him to see the cover. <laughs> oh and so I, I, I used I used just filters on on the image and then I decreased the the image. Uh, the filter on the image mm -hmm. and and by the the day that the book was released you could actually see the cover so my my marketing attempt was also prolonged um torture of Ken builds <laughs> wow <laughs> poor Ken I know <laughs> you made him cry and then you tease him with your book cover <laughs> I don't know about you Tim <laughs> So the, the gentleman who, who actually uh, created the cover is an artist by the name of Jesse Burke. And I want to make certain that we, we mention him in this podcast because this, this guy is, you talk about creativity. Um, his talent is, is abstract visuals. And oh, cool. um, it, crazy little bit of, 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 I don't think anybody knows this. Um, 
So maybe two weeks after the book was released, Jesse reaches out to me and he's like, I don't know. I just, this cover came to me. What do you think? And, um, the title of my, my next book in the, in the careening humanity into oblivion series is something I haven't told anybody. Um, his cover is actually perfect for what it was. And I sent him the title and, and I think that he probably fell down because, uh, there's this, this moment of, of connection that neither one of us saw coming. Um, he actually now can, can feel the, the subject matter of my books and create topical, um, covers without us discussing a single word. So, um, my, my voodoo witch magic is working. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is cool. That is really cool. You have to share your, um, actually your books with me, your links, so I can put them on the website on ctamarketing.biz along with this podcast so people can listen and also know where to find your books. So make okay, sure you get those to me. Yep, absolutely. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I was going to ask another question. Oh, as far as like like you using social media, do you promote yourself? Just you like on Twitter or Facebook? Well, you said you do Facebook, but do you use Twitter as well or Instagram? Like you directly, not just um, doing paid ads. I'm, I'm awful at it, Shante. I'm awful at social media. Um, Twitter, for the longest time, um, actually wouldn't allow me to log in. So I've, I had this prolonged area of silence on Twitter. Um, and, and it's really because I just... I. I couldn't log in. I couldn't log in on, on a laptop. I couldn't log in on my phone. Oh, um, finally got access again. And, and, um, every one of my notifications, uh, were, were sort of, um, I, I don't know how to say this. Otherwise there are all only fans notifications. So a whole lot of, whole lot of not very clad people, uh, wanting me to, um, reach out to them and, that's what I was treated to when I first got back into Twitter. I've cleaned up most of that stuff, but um, I, Twitter is an is an enigma to me. Um, Facebook, oh, okay. Facebook, um, I I got so mired in in some of the more political things that people were saying on my home feed that I just I quit paying attention. So I, I pay attention to groups. I wish people happy birthday. And I, I add a post or two to my author page maybe once a month. Okay. Um, okay. Instagram. Instagram is probably the place where I, I do a little bit more. I'm there for a while when, when my kitten was growing up, I used to post photos of him, I think, pretty much daily. Um, apart from that, it's very light little bits of content that I put out there. And I, I'll, I'll freely admit that um, social media and, and my use of it is very suboptimal uh, to promote my work. And it's I'm reluctant to ask somebody for help, but I'm getting closer to the point of actually asking someone to help me with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important. I, I will say like with Twitter, and this is where Bambi and I connected. Um, I like Twitter. I like the writing community on Twitter. Bambi, what do you think? I do too. Yeah. Well, and that's where, I mean, frankly, that's where most of my clients have come from as far as editing has been Twitter. And I think the writing community is amazing. And I've made quite a few really good friends on there. I have too. Yeah. Tim, we got to get you at least connected on Twitter. At least got to get on there because it's it's well, a pretty good group in that community. Well, he's, yeah, in he's on there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Are we connected? But he does, you know. I don't think so. Mm. Well, we got to get connected, Tim. We got to be. Agree, Shante. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we got to get connected. <laughs> so we'll make sure we do that after this show. Okay. Well, cool. This has been really, really good. So, um, baby, did you have any advice you wanted to add about that or? Uh, no, you know what? The only, the only ads that I do for my books, um, is on Amazon and I run very cheap ads. Um, but I am getting, I am selling a little bit. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not making tons of money, but my editing business is more important to me than my books. Um, so if I have books to edit, and I almost always do, that comes before my writing. And But I do advertise on Amazon just to make sure that it gets out there. Because, you know, you're only going to sell so many to your friends and your family, and sometimes they're not even going to buy them. So you've got to get out there and find strangers yes. who don't know you. And I think that's what Amazon has done for me. Um I don't like the fact now that you can do just the star ratings without doing a review. I don't, you know, I mean, you, you know, I don't care. You can have five stars across the board, but if you don't have any reviews that say, gee, this is about, or, you know, I really like this or whatever, then I, I just, I just don't like that. Yeah. I think reviews are important too. I, I've made buying decisions yeah. off of Amazon based off of reviews and absolutely. Yeah. And I've not bought something because there were no reviews. Um, so it is important right. that people do reviews on, on products and on books or whatever they're purchasing because it does help. It does help. Yeah. But so Amazon's my thing. You know, um, I figured if you're on Amazon, you're looking to buy anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's so many of us on Twitter that are putting our books out, you know, one after another after another and, and, you know, talking about them that I think it all kind of gets jumbled up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But there's still a fun bunch of people to talk to. <laughs> It is. They're great. They are great. Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of podcasts um, out of Twitter, out of the connections I've made on Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been good for me too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So cool. So Tim, before we wrap up the show, can you give me your contact information where people can find you? Oh, you can, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at tradle. Um, you can find me on Instagram as Timothy Radel author. Um, and on Facebook, I've got a, a, um, an author page that I can, I think is Timothy Radel author. Um, and Shante, I, I will give you links to all the above for, for you to publish. Thank you. And links to your books. They're on, on Amazon. So, right. Oh, one other place. Okay. I also, I also write on medium. Um, so the, there's one story that came out of the life of Olaf Onelia that, that again is, is kind of a, a unstructured, um, kind of series of, of different stories that, that have given me a whole lot of inspiration. Um, it's, uh, tales from the chicken farm. And if, uh, if anybody has potentially read the life of Olaf Onelia and, and the, the phrase tackle dummy means anything to you. I urge you to go find that blog and have you a good laugh. Oh, cool. Cool. Thank you. All right. So Bambi, can you give us yeah. ways to contact you? 
Uh, yeah, actually, everything that you would need to know is on my website, which is bambisummers.com. And Summers is S-O-M-M-E-R-S. Um, you can find me on Twitter and and uh, and Facebook and Instagram, but it's just easier just to go to my website and you can pick up my Gmail and everything from there and contact me and I'll give you prices and everything that you need to know. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, Tim, I have one last question for you. And is that uh, can you share any last words of wisdom that you can leave with us today? Last words of wisdom. That is mm -hmm. that is exceptionally broad, Shante. <laughs> okay. Maybe a favorite <laughs> quote that you have. Anything, anything. <laughs> um, well, um, to be honest with you, my, my favorite quote is something that Kurt Cobain said in um, Revolver Magazine. Oh, my goodness, it probably was around 1993. Um, and he was asked by the interviewer, um, are you intimidated by anyone? And his response has always stuck by me or stuck with me. And he, he said, everybody shits. And there is something within that <laughs> statement that is so hysterically profound. It is. It's very true. Everybody does. That I, I can honestly tell you that from from the moment. So I was a I was a junior in high school when I when I read that. I can tell you that. So my my grandfather had no strangers, and I have endeavored to be like my grandfather. And I will tell you that that quote has allowed me to walk up to more people. And, and be friendly with more people and just open with more people because it, it reminds me endlessly that we're all just humans. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. It's good you took it and used it in that manner <laughs> to, <laughs> to connect with people. <laughs> I, know it's, I know it's twisted and I know it's silly, but... I mean, the little peek behind the curtain of my mind. <laughs> no, Tim. I can, I can there see. you go. I'm definitely picking up the vibe on Tim. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You guys are funny. <laughs> oh. so, so, Bambi, do you have any last yes. words of wisdom? A favorite quote you want to share? <laughs> You know, there is a children's book called Everybody Poops. <laughs> Did you know that? No. <laughs> there is. Oh, my God. There is. And I think, I think it has to do with potty training or something, you know, but yeah. Okay. No, the, um, I think this is just a good place to leave it, Shante. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. So, yeah, poop is the subject for today, I guess. <laughs> it's yes. natural. Everybody does it, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said it on my show before, too. <laughs> well, you asked me to Shante. I got to remind you. Uh -huh. Oh, gosh. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. This is going to be a good one. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. 
And I just want to thank you both for being a guest on the Call to Action podcast. And it was it was a pleasure and a lot of fun. And I, I really did enjoy just our conversation. It was really good, guys. So thank you so much. Thank you, Shante. Thank you. Yes. So before we come to a close, I would like to mention uh, two of my favorite podcasters. And one is York Campbell. And he is the creator of the Poetic Earthlings podcast. You can hear his podcast at PoeticEarthlings.com. You will hear in some episodes a familiar voice, which is myself. Um, and I've done some some voice work for him. So please check that out. It was a lot of fun. I played different um, characters in his podcast. So just when you get a chance, take some of those out. Um, and also, Tiffany C. Lewis, I mentioned her earlier. She is the host of the Bader beta reader bits podcast and she's a new podcaster just launched this year and her podcasts are very interesting she talks about beta reading a lot of good advice that writers could definitely use i wish actually would have known her as well um last year when i when i launched my audiobook or actually in 2020 i launched it but it would have been nice because uh i learned a lot just listening to her podcast she she goes into depth on beta readers i'm like this is very impressive. So if you get a chance, take a listen to her podcast. And this you can find it at betareaderbits.podbean.com. And then also finally, remember to visit planmindfully.com to get your printable positive mindset affirmation cards. And in case you didn't know, when you affirm something, you begin to stir the energies of the universe into action. And the positive mindset affirmation cards that you get from planmindfully.com are a tool to help you to bring positive changes into your life. And if you notice, I post them on my Facebook page. I post them on Twitter um, because I use them daily. So I just want to let you all know about that. And then to all the authors, entrepreneurs, self-starters, and everyone who is doing their thing, remember the code. The journey begins when you take the first step, courage, optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.